lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast with Lance and Randall. Okay, uh, here we are uh, with the podcast number seven. Did you think we'd make it as far as John Elway's number? Um, it's an honor to make it to John. It Elway's really is. Number. It's an honor. To, now, now, who's some hockey people? I'm from Denver, Colorado, which means I know number seven, and that's all it means. But uh, who are some hockey people that uh, play under seven? Uh, wow, uh, Derek Armstrong. Oh, of course. On King's broadcast right now. Okay, well, that's good to know. The son plays against the boys all the time. Raleigh, you got any? Uh, we've got a special guest today. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is uh, Dave Ralston, uh, one of the uh, better uh, gentlemen of the sport that I've ever run into, uh, and he also has experiences that uh, that are, are certainly well beyond either Lance and I. Uh, in in what we've personally done in the sport. So, uh, is there any number sevens, uh, Dave? Uh, you know, numbers just not my thing. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> so I, I ruined the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Let's see if I can go all the way through it. Uh, Lance's thoughts. Uh, we're going to be talking now. now uh, Dave is from the East Coast. Uh, he spent his life there playing hockey there. Um, and uh, Lance is going to talk a little bit about East Coast hockey, and then we'll get into interviewing. Uh, uh, Dave about his East Coast experiences. So East Coast people, this is a love letter to you. Go ahead, Lance. Okay, well, you're now you're saying East Coast bias. So I just call uh, it East Coast bias. I'm not. I'm not okay, really. Because if we talk about East Coast bias, and then uh, depending on how old our audience is, that was a real thing in the '80s and the '90s. I think it's fading away now. And the the olden days. East Coast bias was that the West Coasters uh, were soft and there weren't a, a whole lot of talent uh, out this way, but uh, that's changed dramatically. And the now. Colorado Rockies, I remember of the 70s, did nothing to dispel that because they were a very, very questionable team. Yes. Uh, we had the Rockies, uh, before they were the, uh, the uh, baseball team, we had the, uh, the uh, hockey Rockies. And the hockey Rockies, as I recall, even as a child, no one talked about. I mean, could you imagine having a <laughs> hockey team, uh, Dave, that was so bad that they actually just became a baseball team? You know, I they used the same uh, roster. What was really interesting is they just transferred the rosters. They said, just put a bat in their hand. They can't be any worse at this sport than they yeah. are at hockey. So I tell you what, just go with it. Go with it. Oh, that's funny. But, uh, but well, now, see, Kings had a lot of pretty lean years, too, uh, in, in that era. I remember like oh, yeah. Mar Marcel Dion and uh, oh, uh, man. what was the, uh, the goalie? Gosh, Dave Taylor, Rogi Vachon. Yeah, Rogi Vachon. Uh, oh. You know, they were just sort of toiling in obscurity. That, that makes actually the Marcel Dion, like all of his accomplishments even better because the, the, that, those Kings teams were just terrible. Yeah, they, they always they, traded away their first round draft choices for washed out players who, who were at the end of their careers. But um, but now, you know, I would probably defer to Raleigh about East Coast hockey because when I was growing up, uh, there was a big difference in styles uh, of East Coast versus West Coast. Uh, and at that time, East Coast, you know, you had the Broad Street Bullies. You had, uh, uh, you know, the Boston Bruins, who, you know, all these big, tough, mean teams. And then the teams out this way were very finesse teams who would just go out to their arenas and just get brutalized. So... I think in, in today's world of hockey, I think, uh, you know, it's pretty equal playing field now. I think everybody's, you know, learning the same things. Everybody's growing up watching Wayne Gretzky and everyone wants to be the next Gretzky. 
Um, so it's a lot different, but what do you think, Dave? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I, I love watching the NHL. The parody is, is great. And, uh, it, it's just a great sport. I mean, considering that uh, pretty much anybody can, can win, but I can see Randy's loving this conversation about the NHL. Uh, how did we, how did we get into this? Like, <laughs> well, let me, let me take us back then. Uh, this is about youth hockey. Uh, and, uh, uh, Dave is a father of a participant in youth hockey. Um, and he is, um, going to be, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a, a kid that's going to be following in his father's footsteps in some way. I don't know, not too much, but can you talk a little bit about what it's like being a Division One player and helping your kid uh, get into hockey himself? Well, um, I mean, I can, I guess I can say, uh, you know, the reason why I wanted him to play hockey was just because I think it's uh, the, the greatest sport ever invented. Um, I was fortunate to have parents that um, were really uh, big believers of sports. And um, so they wanted me to play and uh, they gave me a chance to play just about any sport that, that was invented. I played ten, uh, like all sorts of racket sports. I swam, um, played baseball uh, from the time I was a little kid. Um, played the Rockies football. play baseball as well. And, uh, you know, um, tried a lot of different sports and, uh, but the, it's you, you brought, up? you brought up, uh, you brought up the Flyers because the only reason I ended up playing hockey was because, uh, the Flyers did win, uh, those couple of Stanley cups and I'm a, you know, a kid of the seventies and we had a neighbor down the street that had, uh, started a local hockey club. And so there was like a boom time and we, we live in LA and our kids kind of saw the same thing. Our kids are all kids that are sort of in, in the boom or echo boom of, of the Kings winning those Stanley cups. And, uh, it, it does a lot for, you know, for any community to have, uh, an NHL franchise, like we had ducks, you know, won their Stanley cup and, uh, the Kings won those Stanley cups and, and, you know, you see immediately a ton of kids, uh, taking up the sport, which is, which is really good. Well, that's a nice, I, by the in way, opinion, that's a real I nice way to put it. Echo Boom, love it, by the way. Uh, he's painting pictures with words. <laughs> and I am, uh, I, you know, I'm just standing back here, man. That's why <laughs> we want you on this program. Uh, do you mind if I ask you a little bit about your own Division One experience, just for those people that are out there? Now, I know it's uh, been a little while, but I want to know a little bit about, just a little, just like a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, like, the schedule was. You were talking about a lot of things uh, with me at one point about, um, how, you know, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff. What is it, uh, what was your experience like uh, on a Division One hockey program? Uh, and what do you think that kids have to prepare for? Um, well, again, I, I mean, I always feel like I got to say, uh, you know, we were talking about a distant era. And the other thing we, you know, we keep, we've talked about many times is just how, um, in my opinion, the skill level of kids uh, even at a young age and the type of coaching they get and the type of training they get, it, it's just so much, uh, it's so far advanced. Like it, it's almost like, I feel like I played in the stone age, you know, you can go back and watch like games of the seventies and, and early eighties, which is when, when I was, uh, you know, a young person playing. And, uh, it's yeah, and you got to meet even, the dream team. Didn't, didn't you get to meet the miracle on ice team or something like yeah, that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was a freshman, uh, in college in 1981 and, uh, 
there was there was four players from the U.S. 80 Olympic team. It's a, it's a weird thing to me too because my parents actually went were there at the game. They had friends that uh, had got them tickets to to the um, the hockey games in, in that in the 80 Olympics, and they were actually there watching. I, I was sitting at home going, "My parents are watching this," and uh, you know they don't care about hockey. Like they just they got into it because our neighbor said, "Hey, this is a good sport," and uh, I had a younger brother and. Both, both of us uh, played the sport and just felt, like kind of fell in love with it. And that's, that's really all I wanted to do at, you know, at the age that our, our kids are now. That's, you know, once I played who hockey. The four, who were the four that were on your team that were on your, your Well, your that, I, I, I mean, they were all seniors. So uh, I was a, you know, I was a freshman the following year. Um, it was uh, Michael Ruzioni, the captain of the, of the team, uh, Jim Craig, the goalie, uh, a guy named Jack O'Callaghan. And, yeah. Uh, I forget the I forget the fourth guy actually. I love John. Uh, but I, I think I, my recollection is that I met that you know we met three of them and basically what happened is they the coaches brought them into the locker room and said hey guys guys from last year's team uh, and they came in <laughs> you know I, again it's it's my my recollection of it whether it's true or not this is what I I think I remember is that they all came in wearing their gold medals and we were just sort of looking at this you know with our jaws open going this is it you know. <laughs> Like, this is what we can look forward to. Um, but, uh, well, you know, it's interesting uh, because I was just telling Randy, you don't know, Dave, but uh, uh, Friday night, uh, my boys got to play against the uh, U.S. Uh, women's gold medal team. And, oh, really? uh, and it surprised me because, you know, I, I thought it was a great opportunity and I was excited for my sons. But then to get there and to see these people skate onto the ice, who, you know, I've watched standing on the podium getting gold medals. I mean, it was really surreal for me to, to see these names, Amanda Kessel and Hillary Knight and the Lamalou sisters and all these people get on the ice. I mean, did you feel kind of that way too? I was just in awe, like you said, and I was just, it was just surreal. I just couldn't believe that these people were actually right there in front of me and Warming up the same way my son warms up. And it's nice that the women's game is getting that kind of uh, play in your heart as well. I mean, you know, the fact that you can say, uh, you know, that, that that makes you feel proud of your kid to be able to play at that level. Boy, the women's game has come a long way uh, then if you, you're really feeling that stirring. You know what I mean? Oh, that's yeah, I mean, the women yeah. are awesome. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. They uh, have had so much success. Yeah, but the one thing I will tell you now, I'm curious, David, how division one would rate to this. But one of the things I thought was interesting is that like when uh, the women come out of the locker room, the U S Olympic women uh, to warm up and stuff. I mean, there's a person for everything. There's a person that stretches them. There's a person that takes them through a routine. I mean, it just seemed like they had so many handlers, you know, I mean, it, division one, is that kind of how it is where yeah, different no, people have different absolutely. jobs? Yeah. You, uh, so so we had these little lockers and uh, every day we would go to the locker and get basically underwear and socks. And when we were done with practice, we would put our like sweaty, dirty underwear and socks back in there and somebody washed them. I, I, I assume it was like, you know, uh, some student that was doing like work study or something, um, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, especially, you know, just th that was, that was, uh, you know, something that uh, occurred to me, like I, I didn't have the best equipment growing up. I had a lot of uh, hand-me-down weird gear and stuff. And, uh, you know, there was also the era of uh, 
of wooden sticks and it used to buy like, you know, six sticks at a time to kind of like kind of get a discount. And, uh, and I remember playing like many, many games where what I was. What was the discount like on that rally? If you, you bought six, uh, six wooden sticks, I mean, did they, did they like throw in a seventh or what, what was the uh, discount? No, no. I think it was just if you bought them, like if you bought them piecemeal, it was more expensive than buying six at a time. You know, it was just buying in bulk basically. So, uh, you know, my, my parents would, would buy me sticks and stuff. And I got down to the situation where many a game, uh, like I, I knew – I was using a stick where I had like one stick that was new that I wanted to save for like a, a big game. And I was playing with another stick that was almost broken. And I would be like, okay, I, I cannot take a slap shot in this game because I know if I take one, that, that blade's going to snap like a twig. And I, now, did they I have just, just so you know, <laughs> did they have like any like $200 wooden stick? Cause now we have like, I don't know, parents out there probably we've talked about this. You have yeah. like a $300 stick sometime. Did they have like the high end wood stick, like like the really good birch or something like that? Um, well, what was happening is some kids, some people were starting to use like uh, aluminum sticks with the replaceable blades, and that you know they had their like their blowtorch with them all the time, and they you'd have to melt the wax and stick the new blade in. So that was I, I never I never did that, you know. Uh, it, that was that was too high tech. I think I think my sticks cost like maybe fifteen bucks, but you know. That was a lot of money back then. <laughs> well, yeah, back, back at the turn of the century, uh, that was right after the Battle of Antietam, I believe. Uh, you may have been able, uh, $15 was, was, you know, that, that you could buy a house for that. Too. Oh, yeah, I remember I so many Stonewall Jackson, you. you know, saying yeah. here. Yeah, son, yeah. yeah. exactly. So, so here's a couple of questions I have for you. So the first question, which I find fascinating is, I got, now, in, 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 when you were playing, did you, make your own curve i think back in those days didn't you guys like get flat blades and you made your own yeah curve? Some, some guys would do that i i never did that you know i just i just got whatever i got it the, the blades themselves like the the technology it was basically fiberglass surrounding the blade area right. which you know when you think about it <laughs> since then i was kind of like who thought it was a good idea to put you know glass around the blade <laughs> to provide the structure for this but that that's what they did and uh um, yeah, I did know some guys again with the blow torches would get the, the blade and they basically try and kind of meld it and then make it a, a little more of a curve. But, uh, I, I was never that concerned about it. I just kind of uh, played with whatever. Now, now question number two for you is, um, you know, I'm sure back then, just like now, you know, there's a lot, a lot of talk about nutrition and eating right. And, and uh, you know, really taking care of your body. I'm just curious when you're playing D one hockey, are they are they simply telling you to eat right, or was there people actually monitoring what the, your food intake was and making sure that you were adhering to a diet? Well, you the first thing is, I I lived in a dorm with all of the other, not only the hockey players but the athletes, and we were all on basically two floors. Um, I probably you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but. Um, that led to things like coming in one morning to go take a shower and finding all four shower stalls destroyed and all the toilets destroyed by a player who had gone in with uh, some pucks and decided to take some slap shots at some point in the evening and uh, literally destroyed the entire bathroom. Um, but uh, Well, it's always fun to see whether a slapper at the tile is going to either crush the puck or the tile, right? Um, I, I just, I just like, like I, I mean, come on. 
<laughs> like this is our floor we live on. Like I, yeah. who, who was the idiot that did this? But um, the, and there was quite a few. Um, but it, uh, to answer your question, yes. Uh, we, so we lived together and we ate meals together. And uh, you, you had to. I mean, I don't think. I, I have a feeling it's it's got to be much more sophisticated uh, than it did, than it was back then. Uh, back then, the main thing was, you know, they they took measurements and uh, weighed us and stuff. And I was told, like, for you know, you're, you're too you're too small, you're too light. You need to put on weight and muscle. So that was basically what you know I was put on the program to do that. Uh, not, but everyone pretty much did that. Like, uh, you you had you know practice four to five days a week. And two, at least two days, you were supposed to also lift weights at some point. And they did have trainers and weight room and everything. And you would go down there. And uh, so there was a guy, you know, kind of, but I'd been doing some weightlifting even before that anyway. And, you know, this is no different than now where kids right. are doing that. But um, I, I did stuff like, you know, they had uh, the Nautilus, you know, we got Nautilus uh, memberships and we would go in there and work out and, you know, all, all, oh, pretty much all the people There's that- a name from the past. Yeah, that's that's the technology. That, that that was the height of technology back then. It was like, oh, the Nautilus, you know. I I kind of want to take you back to the youth hockey aspect, if you don't mind me. Yeah, let's, what is let's it do like? It. Okay, your Division One dad. What is it like watching your kid? Is that what you want for him? I mean, is if if you could make a choice, or was it too much? I mean, in your life, you loved hockey and everything like that, but you saw some people. I'm guessing wash out of the program. You saw some people who obviously didn't know how to uh, deal with uh, living on a, uh, you know, uh, on a floor with a bunch of athletes. Do you want that life for your kid? Or do you, do you think that uh, nowadays you'd, you'd rather, I don't know, have him play soccer? And, and I know he plays uh, hockey very well, but I mean, what, what is your, what, what's, what would you like for your son uh, having had that experience and knowing what it's like? Um, well, I've, you know, I've always uh, hoped that he would be uh, much better than me. You know. Well, well, I'm um, guessing he is. Just so you know, I, yeah. I, well, especially I mean, now, if you can see, you now. yeah, the, yeah, right now, recently, like, uh, he can tell you he can kill you now. <laughs> yeah, recently, uh, actually, we were we were at a tournament, and I got I had my skates with me, and we got out on a on a kind of a wonky pond, and uh, he was just like, get away, get away, Dad. Like I had my stick with me, and they they, they would not let me. <laughs> join in the reindeer games at all <laughs> they all of course not he I, I was like i was you. like i'm here uh, i think we got a uh, we got an odd number of guys <laughs> they're like no oh, oh man <laughs> well, randy if we have time the other question i think a lot of people would like to know is like i'm just curious dave if they're like as you're playing and you're a young kid in youth hockey and uh, I mean, was there a point when all of a sudden you're like okay like this is happening i'm gonna get uh, I'm going to move on to D1. You know, was there a moment when you realized that you had reached that level? And then I'm curious, you know, along with that, like, were, were they approaching you? Did you have to approach them? How, no, did, no, I, I mean, how does a youth player get to that D1 opportunity? Well, well, I okay, so the first thing is I played on a team that, that was a junior team that played in the national championship the year before. Um, so I knew I was pretty good. We, our team got to the, you know, quarterfinals. I, I played in high school and like racked up, you know, a gazillion points. And, uh, so I, I kind of, I, there was a, a, a period where it was like, well, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a good player. I was on the, you know, the best junior team in the, in the area, all the, all the players that were the best players were on that team at that point. And, uh, 
but um, I'm not a good exa- I'm not a good example of like for the first thing is I, I really had no particular idea. Um, I I literally applied to one university. Um, I had my you know my reasons to want to do it, and uh, I was not recruited at all. Um, I went and uh, I was a walk on, so I wouldn't advocate anybody follow anything that you know I, I did, and and probably wasn't the the best way to pursue my hockey career. And you know after basically a season and a half, I was done with hockey. I, you know, I, if, if I was trying to pursue hockey further, that was not the way to do it. So, uh, I, you know, the, the making of the team as a walk-on was kind of the height of my, Hey, you know, um, look, I'm, I'm really good. Uh, so, you know, I could come in, come here in this like prestigious school and with this amazing hockey program, I'll walk on, but, uh, you know, that's awesome. They, yeah, I'm they, saying that's a great message to a kid. Just because you're not being wined and dined and wooed, it's not over. You know, you work hard, you go in, you walk on, and you know, what I mean, the dream doesn't have to end because no one's knocking on your door. I think that's a good message. You know, I, I, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, again, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't suggest that that anybody, uh, you know, adopt that strategy. Um, if they, if they want to play hockey, um, you know, there's probably smarter ways I could have gone about it, but uh, you don't have to adopt a strategy to learn from it though, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying is, you know, you can learn that, uh, there's, there's certain pathways that, you know, that everybody takes and that everybody wants to take. And then there are pathways that are uh, paved with perseverance and, and talent and, and, you know, and, and they all can lead you to that one place where I think a lot of parents want to see their kids you know, uh, which is playing at the top level of college hockey, or collegiate hockey. 